following podcast contains references to the consumption of alcohol. If you are not of legal drinking age, please do not consume alcohol. Also, if you are of legal drinking age, please drink responsibly. Welcome to Rhetorical Magic Cocktail Hour. That's the name of the podcast, yes. Okay. <laughs> For half a second, I was like, wait, that's not right. Uh, I'm Matthew, and my favorite beanie baby is Nanook the Husky. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm Ryan, and my favorite beanie baby is Waddle the Penguin. Did you have a Nanook the Husky? God damn it. My alarm just went off. <laughs> uh, quality. And yes, I did. I remember it very clearly. And what was yours? Uh, the penguin waddles? waddle? That sounds I like, think that was his name. That sounds like a fusion band from the 90s. Waddles the penguin. What? Did you have one? Did you say? I'm pretty sure... Like, I re- distinctly remember having or stealing this Beanie Baby from my sister. And I also feel bad because um, I, my sister, and I don't know how much I made, but I vividly remember her having a Princess the Bear. That's Waddle, by the way. Okay, yeah, I think I may, might have had that one, too. My aunt was really into getting us Beanie Babies because she thought they were going to, like, g- gain value over time. And Apparently like, some of them have. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I don't need 500 Beanie Babies just chilling for 20 years. <laughs> maturing. <laughs> maturing, yes. Maturing that investment. Like a fine wine, which is what we're drinking tonight, because it's quarantine and we're not going to go out and buy alcohol supplies. Yes. So we're just kind so, of, so if you want to drink along, you don't have to drink wine. Just drink whatever you got and just call yeah. it wine. <laughs> that is, good good pbr wine this is my special uh russian potato wine <laughs> but is, no um this is my, my special my Tennessee wine. morgan had a princess bear the princess diana memorial bear oh i'm pretty and sure we had like sixty thousand dollars and what? we definitely yeah like that's Dude, i'm pretty sure I know where one is. <laughs> Hold on. I need to make some calls right now <laughs> to my financial advisor, also known as my mom. <laughs> She's like, mom, I got a huge investment opportunity for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, the little purple bear with the white rose on it. Yes. We have, I think we have like two. Matthew. <laughs> Ryan, are are we rich? <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> and you have to get to this podcast before your mom listens, because she'll find it first, probably. I'm pretty oh, sure no. that's how much they're, like, going for on eBay. It's going to depend on condition. What's the condition on that bad boy? I want to say it's still in the box. Uh-uh. <laughs> I think so. 
Because I don't think we really took them, like, this, the collector's ones out of the box, I think. Come on, Google. I've been Googling nothing but Beanie Babies for the last hour. You should know that when I type in Princess Diana, I want the Beanie Baby. <laughs> <laughs> like in the face. Uh, so, like, I see some that are, like, remakes that are, like, 28. Um, oh, no. <laughs> no, $28. Yeah. But if you can get one in the box with, like, that certificate... It might be a remake. When 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 did the original come out? Oh God, is this a Beanie Baby fan cast now? I yeah. also see one on eBay for ninety five thousand dollars. Jiminy Christmas! <laughs> yeah, you need to get to your parents' house like now. <laughs> you have to get there. Oh, oh no! Sorry, before your sister. <laughs> I was going to say, because I know she listens to the podcast. You know, now that I say that, I, I know for a fact we had at least one. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for a fact that we still have at least one. <laughs> now that I really think about it and am realistic. You're just saying that so nobody tries to dox you and rob your house. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're drinking wine today. <laughs> um, what what kind of wine are you drinking? I am drinking a rosé because mm. I'm basic, and it is from, I believe, 2019. Ooh, classy. Yes. Yes, uh, a nice rosé to brighten your day. And I don't remember the label because it fell... I don't remember what brand it was because the label fell off. That's how you know it's good, though. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want you to know who it is, so you can't tell your friends. (laughs) It's exclusive. What are you drinking this evening, Matthew? I'm drinking a red. (laughs) Um, It is a wine that Ryan brought over to my house one time. And we didn't drink it. Because I think you brought two bottles of wine, and we drank one of them, and this one was left over. And it's a 2005, so I'm super classy. Oh. And it's from Spain, I think. I was 10. Oh, how old? I was 12. Maybe 11 or 12. Depending, yep. Yeah. I almost said depending on the year. Depending on the month. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, you can't tell because we talked about Beanie Babies for 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> but what we like to do here is have a drink and then we try to be succinct about whatever topic has, like... Made us interested that week. Mm-hmm. I can't think of, like, a flowery way to say that right now. Whatever. This might be my second glass. Whatever piques our interest. There we go. Whatever. Kindles the fire our in our hearts. Amazon fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, why, why are Amazon things named after fire? But the company's called Amazon. Is it because the Amazon's on fire? 
It's because Jeff Bezos personally set the Amazon on fire. I mean, that checks out. <laughs> and it's not liable because it's a comedy podcast. It's parody, baby. It's parody. <laughs> also, I feel like he's a big enough figure to where like he doesn't get to be sued for li- like he doesn't get to sue people for libel. There's so, no way of knowing. There is. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. <laughs> Let me have this. This podcast is the only time I get to use my degree. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> oh god. I made some decisions. Um, no, so, like, if you're, like, a public figure, you don't get to sue people for libel because, like, you get to be held up, you don't get, you're held to a higher scrutiny than the average person. So, like, Kim Kardashian couldn't sue us for saying something mean about her, even if it's not true, because she is a public figure and she is, like, so if, so if I was, like, set up her life to be in the public eye, so she's allowed to be held to that higher scrutiny. So, if I was like, Kim, those shoes do not go with that dress. She could only just, like, throw a, a glass of wine in my face. She couldn't sue me? Um, no, because then you could sue her or, like, press charges against her for assault because throwing wine in your face is bad. Also, like, libel has to do with more with, like... Uh, yeah, I know. I knew that was a bad example. Objective <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, fashion is objective. Ob- objective, not subjective, bud. The, it's like that, something that can be like proven. Yeah, objective yeah, is fashion fact. has rules. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. That was made up by boring ass people who didn't think that white sneakers should be worn whenever the hell people wanted to wear them. And they were right. <laughs> they weren't right. You can wear white Converse literally whenever you want. Except after Labor Day. <laughs> but no we can say whatever we want about jeff bezos because he can't like <laughs> he can't get us <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know where i am just kidding he does <laughs> but he can't do anything about it legally <laughs> no he cannot oh i forgot to ask does your wine have legs does she have legs she do have some legs. Ooh. She do, she do, she do. My my friend over here has some legs, too. Yeah? Yeah. She... Look at, look at that. You probably can't tell, because it's probably a very... Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. The, the definition... What, what's she drinking out of there, bud? Shh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Please don't do this to me. <laughs> it's just a rocks glass. I don't have wine glasses. At least it's not a pint. That's fair. I would probably feel a lot worse if you were drinking wine out of a pint glass. I mean, it was this or a coffee mug. I approve your choice then. <laughs> Do you need wine glasses? I can bring you wine glasses. I don't have room for... I have for, so many. I don't have room for wine glasses. I have limited cabinet space. There's this, like, corner bar cabinet... That I think would be perfect for your house. You can get it on Wayfair. I don't... Yeah, I don't have much counter space either. It goes in the corner. 
So, like, you would pick a room and stick it in the corner of the room. Oh. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I could have, and like... it's that mid-century modern, like, mahogany look. Mm-hmm. Is that the dark wood? I don't know what woods are. I believe mahogany is a dark wood. Thank but you. I don't know. I'll send you a link, because I do think it would look very nice in your house. Okay, yeah. Put it in my den. Yes. Because I'm so rich. Now that you got those beanie babies. (laughs) No, that was supposed to be a segue into what we're talking about. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're so rich. Like Reese Witherspoon. Character. Elena. I remembered her name. Yep. Believe it or not, today, (laughs) we will be talking about the first two episodes of Little Fires Everywhere, the TV show by Hulu, an original Hulu production. Not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Not sponsored. Unless... Unless Hulu wants to just kick us a few. (laughs) And by a few, Um, I mean some Beanie Babies. (laughs) Princess Die or Bust, buddy. Yes, Princess Uh, Die or We Walk. Um, yeah, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, you've read the book, right? Like, you finished the book? Yes. Uh, have you read the book? No, but I own the book. Yes, I believe I gave you the book. No, you gave me Oh, I gave you the other one. Yeah. I never told you. Also by Celeste Ng. So the... Show is based off of a book by the same name by Celeste Ng, who mm-hmm. is a good writer. Very good, good off- writer. One of my like author. top five. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think it'll be kind of neat because we are coming at it from different angles. I know very little. I think I've read maybe like half of the first chapter so far. I'm really bad at picking up new media. So I kind of like that you pushed me to watch the first two episodes because I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not having read the book, did you have any expectations going in about it? Um, should we preface this that there will be spoilers for the first two episodes of Little Fires Everywhere? <laughs> yes, there will be little spoilers everywhere. So be careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> Okay. Um, expectations. Now, I try to keep, like, just an open mind when I do finally come around to watching new media, because I don't, I don't like coming at stuff with preconceived notions, mm-hmm. aside from, like, the biases that are already built into my system that, like, I have to, like, actively work against. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So I, I really tried not to, and I, like I said, I've only read, like, a, like a few pages. Uh, the tiniest sliver of a, <laughs> of a chapter. Yeah. Yeah. I think when I got the book, it was, like, my last semester of grad school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had been, I think, I read it, like, two years ago. So I'm going to preface this by, with, I read the book two years ago, so I don't 100% remember every like minute detail but i Mm -hmm. loved it um 
so yeah that would probably line up right with when you would have tried to read it yeah because i think i kept telling you to read it so yeah and i have it right here Mm -hmm. so we can reference exact page numbers if we need to yes but you'll have to remember them because i don't know them to begin with no and i do think i think that i might actually read it Mm -hmm. i might try and do it this weekend because i have a long weekend and this is the time to read things Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not like it's a super thick book either no no Um, it's not i think though i will say i think when i did start reading it it like it took me about the first hundred pages maybe to get really into it Mm -hmm. but i think that was just because i had just started reading again yeah and it i hadn't gotten my attention span quite locked in yet yeah i need to start reading for fun more i like didn't throughout college (laughs) (laughs) even though you had an english related degree i read for school i didn't read for fun oh okay oh you did say for fun yeah Uh. (laughs) (laughs) it's like I got a degree in a language I already spoke. <laughs> um, but no, I... Yeah, I didn't have really any idea about anything about it. I was surprised by the lack of fires. For little fires supposedly being everywhere, there was only really that one big one. And they're, then, like... um, They're metaphorical fires... But also a little bit of literal fire. (laughs) And it was only the first, it was only the first two episodes, so. Big literal fire. No, you know me, like, I love. Sorry, I was going to start getting into the episode, but we aren't there yet. Sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. I was just going to say, did you love how it took like 30 whole seconds for them to say little fires everywhere? (laughs) Yeah. Into the episode. (laughs) So that's like the one thing that I do when I do find new media is I try to fi- figure out when they say the title. <laughs> Especially now, I feel like they say it so much quicker. Especially if it's based directly off of a book. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Hulu's picking up a lot of books right now. I would almost guess that's because The Handmaid's Tale was such a hit. That's fair. Because... Um... I don't know. I don't really... Was that, like, their first original series? No, that couldn't have been. It wasn't their first, but it was one of, like, the first big ones yeah. that people paid attention to. Um, um, sorry, is... Hulu, you provide a fine service. It's better than Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff have... Bezos might not be able to get us, but Disney definitely can <laughs> Yeah, Disney can. <laughs> Disney already owns us, probably. Um, Mickey Mouse is at your door right now to stab. <laughs> Mickey Mouse peed on my house. What color was it? Do you remember that? No. <laughs> Sorry, that's not good improv, but I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> no end. <laughs> not the best way to improv. <laughs> it was like a thing from like elementary school. I think it was like... To pick something because then you would say a color and then you go like b l u e was it like those little dream catcher things 
Maybe. Cutie catchers. Cutie catchers. Um, I think maybe. I think you could do like it with them. There were like a lot of things that you could say with that. Mm-hmm. You could do uh, Jimmy Carter's crisis of confidence speech. You could do. <laughs> <laughs> you could do the. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of fun things you could do to the with the cootie catcher. Um, you could do Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Mm-hmm. You could do I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. You could do you could, All The Star? Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath, which was mentioned in the show we're supposed to Bring it back around. About. Yeah. Um, okay, what were we talking about? The little fires everywhere. Yes, they're they're metaphorical fires, but also the big real fire. Yeah. Yes. It it definitely did its job as like the first two episodes of a series as far as like grabbing my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> um I was kind of afraid when I heard that Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon were gonna play uh elena and mia mm-hmm. uh i was kind of worried that it would like focus too much on them since they're the big name stars and kind of like put the kids to the side yeah you know because uh a lot of the book is like the kids stories it's like everybody's stories and i was afraid i didn't think they would do a bad job but it's like i was afraid they would pull the focus because hulu knows they're the people that are reeling people in to watch the show yeah but i think uh i think it's pretty well balanced for between the characters so far yeah and i i like the like strong dichotomy between like the two families i think that's really like an interesting dynamic that's set up Mm -hmm. and i am sure that that's to the through the effort of Celeste Ng, maybe more than Hulu, and so like that's where kind of like the benefit of like. Here's where know. we differ because I think it's Hulu. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, no, because yeah, that's that's how the book is like framed. Really, is like the the differences between that. It's sort of a a big like through line through all of her novels, both of her novels. I think there's yeah, only two. For, for sure. And I think it's really interesting, um, the end of the second episode, they're bringing in, like, a third kind of mother-daughter relationship that's less traditional. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, um, uh, not to spoil anything, but that relationship becomes, like, a big plot point. Well, good. Yeah. I, I kind of assumed that they were setting it up to be more prevalent than just one time them sitting in the back of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a one-off. <laughs> they needed just to fill a quick little, quick little zig to get you gotta back fill to those eight episodes. <laughs> Motherhood is a very big, like, theme in the work. So there's a lot yeah. of different. There's a lot of different like situations represented in. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think it's very interesting, like, the the way that each family is presented, because at least in the first episodes, like, one appears to be more loving versus, like, the other who's kind of colder, at least at, like, face value. Um, but you're able to kind of, like, see how both are, like, twisted and they're kind of warped in their own way that kind of shows that, like, even when parents are trying, they're not always doing a great job. Yeah, because they're... I'd say that, um, like, as characters, Mm -hmm. they're very fleshed out. And I think that comes from the novel. Because I think what Celeste Ng does very well is characters and character, like, interactions and relationships. The dialogue is very quick, too, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's got that, that Mad Men natural flow. Just kidding, I don't know what I'm I was going to say Gilmore Girls, but alright. No, I'm just kidding. This show is a lot better than Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I wouldn't um, know. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. I just know that they bake a lot of bread. <laughs> and they're best friends. There we go. That's the whole story. Um... And Kirk is there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> In little fires anywhere, everywhere. The famous Kirk. Yes. Co- Kirk Cobain. <laughs> Kirk Cobain. Also who's referenced in the episodes. Um, he is. So, do we want to give, like, the briefest of synopsis? Or are we, do we just want to tell people to watch it? Um, I think a synopsis is probably good. Do you want to <laughs> go for that? <laughs> sure. Let's see if I can remember what happens in just these two episodes. Um, yes. So How about this? You tell it, and I'll cut you off when the episode's ended. Okay. Um, so, it takes place in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is an affluent neighborhood area, um, and it follows the I cannot remember their last name. What's oh. I can't either. It's like is it Richardson? That sounds right. That sounds right. The the rich white people, <laughs> <laughs> and then also the Warrens who are. Played by Carrie Washington and a girl, I don't know her name. And then Reese Witherspoon is the mom of the Richardsons, and I don't know any of the kids' names either. Proving my point earlier that they're the big names. Um, so, uh, essentially, Mia is an artist that travels around, and she ends up renting a place from uh, Reese Witherspoon to live with her daughter. And uh, there's sort of a tension-y, like, kind of, like, racial, not necessarily, like, conscious bias relationship mm-hmm. sort of thing. And there's also, like, the wealth bias sort of thing and... There are strong dynamics. Each family, there's children. There's uh, Mia has Pearl. And then uh, 
Reese Witherspoon. Elena. Elena, thank you. Has uh, four kids. Izzy, Moody, Lexi, and the other boy, Trip. Trip. <laughs> I kept thinking Tosh, and I was like, not Daniel Tosh. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> Moody befriends Pearl in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just kind of... The first episode is not super heavy on plot. It's more like introducing like the setting and the characters, right? Well, don't the kids get like caught by the security guard in the first episode? Yes, that is the first episode. That's the very end of the first episode. Yeah. Um which so, I think was like a really poignant moment between the two parents and I think that it shows a lot of it shows of, like, their different situations. Definitely, for sure. Because yeah, um, uh, it's still very prevalent today, too. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think if I, I, think the, if I remember correctly from the book, too, there's like actual plot reasons why Mia also wants to kind of stay away from the authorities. But um, it is also partly... Racially biased. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and I think that that was eloquently shown throughout, like, the way that both the parents reacted. Because Elena, with her status in the community, was able to call the security officer and, like, smooth things over. And the way she, like, came out and greeted him was very, like, oh, thanks, Bruce. How's the wife? How are the kids? Mm-hmm. How's this going for you? I don't remember if his name is Bruce, but I think it was Bruce. And I, it also was really... It showed the the fear that people have to live with every day just from um, Mia being followed by the officer. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, you find out that it's not a cop, but it's, it's like, the neighborhood watchman. Mm-hmm. Um, Which also has implications nowadays. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Yeah. Um, but just, like, you could, you could, like feel the fear that she had to deal with just being followed home and then like you could see everything from her like turning the corner hoping that they would just drive by to them like pulling up into her driveway and the way that she like got out of her car and had to be defensive because she didn't know the situation that was happening Mm -hmm. um gives like a very small peek into a very serious issue that a lot of people have to live with every day Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that we, like, highlight it. Stories shape how people view the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's important that we see, like, multiple sides of, like, the same situation. And that's very... That's shown very well throughout this series, at least so far. And I'm sure it'll continue through the next episodes. But, um... Because it does very much show, like, that strong dichotomy, at least along those lines. As well as a lot of other lines, like you were talking, it it's not just... There's a lot of differences between the two families. Um, You have, like, the outdated concept of, like, a nuclear family Mm -hmm. with Elena as opposed to a single-parent family, um, as well as, like, economic differences between the two families. One is much more affluent, and the other is having to, like, work her way through life instead of just kind of, like getting to like work off the opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, i also 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go for it. Um, I was going to say, uh, that's also another, like, kind of theme throughout Celestine's book is, like, the expectation of what family is versus what it really is. Um, where were we? We were at the end of episode one. There we go. Um. We were at a great place to visit our favorite place. Hydration Hydration Station. Station. (laughs) We haven't been to Hydration Station in a hot minute, buddy. No, we haven't, but we're here now. Welcome to Hydration Station, the part of the episode where we take a drink of water and try to remember what we watched (laughs) um Mm, water (laughs) water it's important to stay hydrated it's important to remember what you watched it's important to talk to a friend it's important to eat a spaghetti it's all important but nothing's important Beautifully put, my friend. Take a sip of that water. ASMR. (laughs) And that was Hydration Station. Thanks for stopping in. Presented by Sobe Life Water. (laughs) Not a sponsor. (laughs) You know, water, but worse for you. water but it's made by lizards <laughs> so episode two yes in episode two we dive a little deeper into the family dynamics mm-hmm. um so Pearl and Moody kind of become closer friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Lexi is mad that she has to write about having hardships to get into Yale, even though she doesn't have any hardships because she's yes. rich. That is an issue. And like the way it was framed through Elena, I think, showed very much how out of touch people can be and that definitely played into like the white savior complex because it was very much that her and her husband had made decisions so their children wouldn't have to face hardship when that's obviously not the reality for many people hardship isn't necessarily bad choices (laughs) Um, a lot of times you have to deal with the hand you're dealt with i don't think i said that but Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you gotta you gotta know when no we're not doing that song (laughs) (laughs) we can't afford the royalties you gotta cut loose (laughs) foot loose kick off your sunday shoes but no and i also i don't know if 
that's what's going to happen, but it kind of set the tone towards the end of that episode that Lexi is going to steal. Hardcore what happens. Okay, I, I figured <laughs> if I remember that's right. what was going to happen. Um, we also have not talked very much about Izzy, and I feel like she's a pretty important character. <laughs> yes. Uh, can we talk about her last? Sure. Because um, I was, I was going to say, I have heard that this show changes some stuff from the book. Yes, I actually like so, looked into um, that because I noticed some stuff that was pretty, pretty forefront, like pretty, like obviously what they were trying to touch on. But yes, we can talk about her last. Um. So, let's see, where were we? We were at Lexi being Lexi. Um, yeah. Uh, Elena. Hires Mia. Hires Mia to work as a housekeeper. Manager, um, as she so lovingly puts house it. House manager, yes, because she doesn't feel comfortable with the implications. Um, and then, uh, let's see, Trip's there. <laughs> yeah, I just have a feeling he's going to do some like real asshole shit. He does in the book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not looking um, forward to that. Yeah. It's one of the little fires everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. I think I covered everybody that we had been introduced to. Mm-hmm. And uh, also we get introduced to Mia's co-worker. Who I think we referenced earlier yes. as the the uh, other mother figure, um, who oh I can't remember what the episode told us, <laughs> so I'm afraid to the, say spoilers. The episode kind of just touched on in the beginning. We saw her, um. Mia and Pearl were out at dinner at the restaurant that Mia worked at, and and we see her, um, like, clinging to a small child and, like, crying in the background, and Mia ends up taking her shift. And then mm-hmm. we learn that she had a daughter, and that was kind of it, and then at the end of the episode, Mia finally asks her about it. So, like, we don't, like, that's as far as we know about the the character okay um so yeah that that sort of plot line is introduced Mm -hmm. then um elena has uh asked a policeman friend to do a background check on mia because it kind of comes out that mia lied about one of her references to move in Mm -hmm. so uh she goes to her elena goes to her policeman friend to ask for uh background checks on mia on mia yes and then uh this is after she has hired mia to be the house manager Mm -hmm. um so in a wacky turn of events, the fax machine 
at their house is the one that the background checks go to and Mia ends up finding them and uh, that same evening is an evening where Elena meets with her book club where they've read the vagina monologues Mm -hmm. which makes Elena uncomfortable Yes. And then, yes. And then, uh, fun fact, Celeste Ng is in that scene. She's the woman in the pink dress uh, that somebody asked her a question. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I remember yeah. that. So, little fun Stanley cameo there. Um, so, uh, the conversation about the vagina monologue, Elena kind of leads it towards, like, motherhood. Mm-hmm. Because that's what she's about. How can I phrase that? That's better? what she knows. It's Yeah, that's what In she knows. In her defense, like, motherhood is what she has prided mm-hmm. yeah. herself in. Um, and... Uh, it kind of becomes a conversation about femininity and motherhood. Mm -hmm. No, I, which I'm not super qualified to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) I like that scene a lot because it does show that. um, So Elena and her family come off very waspy. Uh, They're, she wants her family to be like the ideal family yes and that's not necessarily what's gonna happen um yeah that's not how life works (laughs) but no and i but like there's a lot of like repression and there's a lot of stuff that they don't necessarily talk about and even the fact that she's uncomfortable saying the word vagina is really interesting um Mm -hmm. they have scheduled sex days yeah which is just bizarre to me (laughs) yeah because isn't one of them like it, it's Wednesday and there's a scene where the dad's laying in bed and Reese Witherspoon is talking to the dad and he kind of goes like, huh? And she goes, no, it's Thursday. And it's just like 1202. Yeah. That was, God, yeah. That was such a bizarre moment. Yeah. That's, that's a strange concept to me that I don't personally understand, but however you want to run your family, I guess is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But no, and I think that the discussion during Vagina Monologues is really interesting. Um, the gynecologist character, I don't remember her name and I apologize, um, brought up like this really poignant um, kind of argument about how not everybody with a vagina wants to be a mother and that doesn't mm-hmm. devalue what they have or their worth. Um, they also brought up another character about they had pointed out they're like well what about this person who i assume like adopted her child or had a surrogate or something she adopted Does a kid she, uh, okay not the gynecologist no i know who you're talking about i'm just trying to sorry. yeah lexi was like i'm trying to remember yeah lexi like babysat it for a bit while elena and the one oh yeah, yeah like, okay she has yeah. a baby she does have the kid she just okay I assume it's either adoption or surrogacy. 
Unless she stole a baby. Is that one of the little fires that she stole a baby? I don't know how that relates to the other women in the book, but it could be a fire for someone. Um, she could get fired for doing that. I mean, that. the answer to your question is obvious to me, but I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> um, no, but I think it was, like, really, really nice that they, like, talk about, like, worth and how it is not equated to like one track of life or like there's one right way to be Mm -hmm. a woman so i appreciated that and then god there are just like a lot of things about elena that like are fascinating to me but also terrifying just like the like the rigidity of her and like the life that she leads and how structured it is i also like Mm -hmm. There were, like, these little poignant moments that I'm just like, wow, my mother's done this thing. Um, where, not to bash my mom, I love her to bits. Um, but, like, the, the house is a mess thing when, like, we spent all day, like, cleaning and stuff like that. Or, I'm, she, there was a point where she was trying to, like, hire Mia that she talked about how she's like the least organized person ever and then like the first time Mia's in the house you see like her calendar which is like post-it noted and like pristine and perfect Mm -hmm. and you're like "Mm, yeah you're real unorganized (laughs) there yeah well I mean even when like even when Elena makes the lunches in the morning she has to have them like perfectly straight in a line Mm -hmm. and yeah it's all about the appearance of like the ideal appearance yeah with them did we decide if their last name was the richardsons i'm I'm like pretty sure it is that sounds really right yeah i think i saw the imdb imdb page up okay because i keep wanting to say the richardsons but i'm like it is i'm gonna say it a billion times okay i feel like we've missed like several plot oh yeah no there's a ton oh the wall painting yeah uh the wall painting yeah how pearl only gets one wall i feel like that's pretty crucial because like at the beginning of the episode her and moody paint one wall and then she explains it's because they move around a lot and they have to paint back over it anyway and then her mia and her and pearl get into like this kind of like argument about like how their life is going because mia something i find kind of interesting is like mia almost threatens pearl with like leaving and it happens mm-hmm. a couple of times where she's, like, ready to just kind of bounce out of the whole situation. And I'm not, like, trying to cast judgment on, like, lifestyles like Parenting that. Styles. But, yeah. um... Yeah. It, it's really interesting. But they get into, like, a really big fight about how Pearl wants to have more than a wall. She wants... And then, mm-hmm. like... She wants stability. Yeah. And, like, Mia kind of yeah. breaks down and, like tries to give her that stability by like them going and getting more paint my i think my favorite dichotomy is in like the wants of each of the girls who i consider like the main of the younger which is pearl and izzy who we are not talking about yet um because pearl kind of falls into that liking the rigidity and like having help from a parent instead of like having to do stuff and like advocate for herself Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they're very much, uh, 
I don't want to say the opposite of like the family they're in, but they're sort of like misplaced. Like they're you know what I yeah, mean? they're not. They're uh. Hmm, words are hard, but yeah, we shouldn't drink and then try and talk about real subjects. <laughs> yeah, um, I think like part of it is the grass is greener on the other side, sort of yes. thing, where it's like everybody else's life is always going to look better mm-hmm. just because you're not living it. Yeah, for sure. Sort of thing. Going back to a mantra I've had in this episode is a big theme in Celestine's work. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, speaking of Pearl, the other big plot point that I can remember off the top of my head is uh, it's her first time going to this high school, mm-hmm. and they put her in geometry, which she has already taken, but because of her her family situation and the fact that she's moved around a lot and probably some race stuff mm-hmm. uh they they put her in they won't let her like skip up to algebra 2 and uh that's what she and mia are talking about in the chinese restaurant when bb has her moment with the baby mm-hmm. and uh mia is more focused on that than kind of than what on pearls talking about so she tells Pearl that to advocate for herself and to basically like just do it yourself. Yeah. Not in like a, not in a like do it yourself, but like it, do it, it yourself. It was very much a like sort we, of way. Like you know that this is the life like, that you you need to can lead. Yeah, like you need to figure out yeah how to fend for yourself because yeah, and uh, she ends up going to Elena because Elena works at the paper. Mm-hmm. But not the big because, one. Because, uh, no. But she did interview Janet Reno. Janet Reno, right after the Unabombing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a topic for another time. <laughs> um, so, another podcast. My favorite murder. <laughs> um, so, uh, Elena kind of pulls some strings to get Mia... No, Pearl. Mm -hmm. Bumped up to Algebra 2. And, uh... Then we're back to the end of the book club. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where Mia... Confronts Elena about the uh, background checks that she's found. Yeah. And they sort of have, like, a, a... A wine session, like we're having. Except ours is probably chiller (laughs) um and they kind of they kind of bond in like until mia finds out that elena yeah they open up to each other kind of elena has a tendency to overstep and again that kind of goes into like the white savior complex of like i was able to help my children all through high school and all this stuff so like let me help your kids too or like Mm kind of taking a position like she knows how to do it better yeah, well, I also don't think, to her, it's a big deal. Yeah, you know? for sure. Because it, it's not, like, a... It's not really anything she ever has to think about, so... That, and she definitely Why seems like the else... kind of woman who, like, condescendingly will say, like, it takes a village when, like, mm-hmm. another mom brings store-bought cookies to the bake sale. 
Yeah. Elena. Yeah, she's one of she's one of those. <laughs> um, but yeah, it comes out that Elena helped Pearl get up into Algebra Two, and that kind of sets off Mia. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I don't, if you kind of think about it, Pearl is really like the only thing Mia's had for x amount of years i don't know how old pearl is yeah so and i i think it kind of probably is feeling like uh elena is taking away pearl and that's matthew and ryan try to talk about little fire fires everywhere after being a little bit tipsier than they should be after two glasses of wine Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we haven't talked about Izzy yet, though. We have not talked about Izzy, who is potentially going to be one of the more devastating characters. And I, I know what you're going to say, because I know that they, like, added the sexuality aspect. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't something um, that was, like, a prevalent theme in the book, necessarily, but it definitely has been in the first... I think... I don't remember why she gets bullied in the book, but, um... It's essentially, like, beat for beat the same thing. I was just going to say, I don't think she really features in the beginning of the book as much as she has in the series. Oh, really? Because I kind of think, if I remember right, she's sort of, like, always talked about, but never really there. Okay. But, yeah, that's just what I was wanting to talk about her last was, like, I don't remember her being in the beginning of the book that much because it's sort of like the the book starts with them talking about the fire mm-hmm. and if Izzy said it or not like the beginning of the show yeah. does but I think it's kind of like teased out a little bit more like Izzy yeah in the book which after we break you'll have but to yeah. tell me if she did set the fire if we're completely honest I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have to read the book. Um, yeah, now you just gotta read the book. Um, I I don't think she is the most devastating character in the book, though. Really, that makes me feel better. I almost think, I almost think in the book, she might come out not the best, but like definitely not the worst. Yeah. That's one thing that, and I know in the book, like like I said, her being, like, uh, a queer character was not, like, very prevalent, but it's something that they're definitely advocating mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I, I can neither confirm nor deny if that actually is a point, or a, a feature in the book, because I don't remember. Um, but, I don't remember what I was going to say. Sorry, I kind of no, cut you're, you off you're there. No, you're fine. Advocating. Um. Oh, I'm so used in, like, queer media, like, as soon as a character is, like, labeled as a queer character, that, like, it just gets sad. Like, it never ends well for that character, so it makes me happy that you say that she doesn't come out the worst. I think she's a very interesting no, character, I'd say though. I'd say Alexi comes out the worst, but... Lexi? Really? Or no. Well, no, she goes through the most, I think. Okay. But I, well, I don't think she is 
She has the hardest time. I'll just say that. Okay. I think. I'll read the book this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. It might... (laughs) When we do the next episode where we talk about the other (laughs) (laughs) part of the series, um, you can know more about the book than me because that... I don't know. I've kind of thought about reading it again, but I'm in the middle of four books at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't start another one. Um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, no edit. nobody ever really comes out good in a Celestine book. Everybody's just sort of changed. Yeah. It's a theme in her work. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, So, what would you rate Little Fires Everywhere? I would rate Little Fires Everywhere, the two episodes of the TV show that we watched. Um, maybe three and a half fires out of five. Three and a half fires out of five. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was good, but it just everything's just kind of starting yeah it's it's so. the early stages i get that mm-hmm. it i think um it was on the better side of the first two episodes of a new show i've ever watched but mm-hmm. i'm also partial to the book so my expectations are high <laughs> <laughs> well cool how how would you rate it i would rate it I can't even think of a goof. You <laughs> just rate it little fires out of five, or uh, rate it um, match sticks. Rate it no no rate it how many Ritz crackers in the meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> um, then I'm gonna say seven and a half out of ten Ritz crackers, just because I don't know how many Ritz. Ritz crackers you're supposed to put in a meatloaf. Less less amount than the meat. <laughs> Otherwise, it's a cracker loaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, yeah. That right. was us. So, yeah. That, talking about little That was us vaguely talking about... <laughs> Yeah, so this has been Rhetorical Magic Cocktail Hour. Um, mm-hmm. Follow us on the various social medias at Rhetorical Magic. Do you want to plug mm-hmm. your own social media? Sure. Um, so, I got big news for all four of our listeners. I got a celebrity <laughs> like. <laughs> If you want to follow my <laughs> uh, my Shane Maday from BuzzFeed liked social media account, it is rmchmat at rmchmat. My goal is to get all four wretched dunces to like at least one of my posts. I'm a, thir- a fourth of the way yeah. there. I feel like the other three are going to be real hard because I look through their likes and they only like their friend stuff. <laughs> 
So I gotta befriend John Mulaney. Um, Ryan, do you want to plug your social? Uh, yes, I'm currently at Queer Mothra, but I've been hankering to change that. So keep your ears and eyes peeled, my guys. So Queer Gamera. Queer Mothra. No, that's what oh. you're gonna change it to. No, I don't. I don't know. Just pick a different kaiju. I wanted kaiju to be Queer Mothman, but time. I think that it was it was either taken or it was too long. So I was like Queer Mothma. No, that doesn't make sense. No, yeah, it does. You're just a big fan of you're just a big fan of Mothra. Yeah, I mean Mothra's really cool, but I wanted to be Queer Mothman, but I couldn't get it. Um. Yeah, you can. Rate and subscribe us on Apple iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. all that stuff. Thank you to our host, Podbean. So, yeah. The end of the podcast is the part where we say, have a good trip. And wash your hands. Yes, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And from six uh, feet like- apart. Clink. Clink. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) My screen. And then outside of that, like, actual social interaction has been the two times I broke social uh, distancing to go into the office to get stuff. And then somebody else I work with happened to come in at the same time. Yeah. Well, and we I mean, talked for, like, ten minutes and then sat quietly at our desk. <laughs> yeah, I think as long as you're six feet apart, that doesn't break social distancing, right? Probably. I, I don't... still don't. Yeah, I don't know. Go out that often up here yet. We haven't introduced ourselves. Nope. This has just all been pre-show banter. (laughs) (laughs) Going at the end. After the song. (laughs) Just mental health catch-up with Matthew and Ryan. Have you heard of OnlyFans? Yes. Okay, I'm not, like, you don't have to, like, but just, like, have you heard of it? I'm not starting one. (laughs) Do you want to hear my idea for an OnlyFans? Sure. That's not (laughs) sex-related? Sure. I want to make an OnlyFans, and it's just me when I'm crying. Like, people just get to watch me cry. (laughs)